Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this big mouth and a small town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Kopfer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. 
and St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, the May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters, and if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. It just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, so that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio. Join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there. JMSComedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey idiots, welcome back to Ignorance is Blessed, the podcast that attempts to overcome ignorance mostly by asking ignorant questions with me, Jessica Michelle Singleton, JMS. I'm your host. I'm a comedian and I'm a fucking idiot. I don't know anything. That's why we're here. Yay, we're learning. We're growing. We're laughing. Hopefully a little bit. Sometimes that's all you can do because the world is a dumpster fire. I can't believe I'm saying dumpster fire now. I'm just a cartoon of a basic bitch. Anyway, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Thanks for giving us a try. I hope you enjoy it. If you do, please hit that subscribe button. Leave a rating and a review wherever you listen to this. It helps. Makes other people find the podcast easier so we can all learn answers to our idiot questions. And it just feels nice. I like to, like when I see a new review, it warms my little heart. And thank you to everyone who has left those. Especially lately because I just had my birthday. And that's a nice little extra happy birthday present to me. So thank you. Glad to be back. This is, I'm calling this season three after our hiatus, even though there have been hiatuses in the past. We were on season two officially. This is season three. We started last week with Sarah Renee, and I've got an incredible guest for you this week, and she's just the most badass bitch. I'm going to introduce her in a second, but before we get to that, shout out to my best idiot forever, Kathy, and all of my top tier patrons, patrons, patrons patrons, whatever they're called, patreon.com slash JMS comedy. If you want to support the podcast a little extra, we've got stand-up clips. I have the full length set of my new album coming out for the top tier patrons, and I'm slowly releasing it to the lower tiers. As we get closer to the drop date, I will have pre-sales for that up soon. If you want to get the new album, it's going to be fire. 
Uh, I can't believe I just said that about myself, but uh, I am very proud of how the set went. My friend Jeremy Scipio, who if you've been listening for a long time, you may remember from one of my come up episodes, opened the shows, couldn't have asked for a better intro. He's an incredible comedian. It was great to have him. And I had a blast in St. Louis. Fuck yeah, St. Louis. Can't wait to get back there. I'm going a lot of places, assuming the world doesn't slow down, uh, crash, close, whatever the fuck's happening. You guys know what's going on out there. We're not going to get into that because that is a fucking bummer. And that's not what we're here for. Some episodes are a huge bummer. This isn't one of them. Uh, But if you want to see me live, jmscomedy.com. You can look at my tour tab, see where I'm coming, come to the shows. You want to get involved more in the podcast? You want to support it more? But right now you can't afford to give even a dollar a month. Look, I get it. Times are weird. Life is a fucking nightmare. We do have a Facebook group. Ignorance is hashtag blessed idiots. Join that. I post ahead of time for most guests uh, and get questions. So I'll take your questions right there. By the way, if you want to ask questions live, upper tier patrons get to do that. Just saying. Oh no, Nicole, Amy Schreiber is trying to FaceTime me back finally. And I can't because I'll never finish this fucking intro. We've been playing phone tag for years. If you don't know Nicole, Amy Schreiber, we have a podcast together called Two Filthy Nerds. Check that out. We are balls deep in the Marvel universe having a fucking blast over there. But that's not where we are. We're here now. We're at ignorance is hashtag blessed. Ignorance is blessed. Yes, yes, yes. And I have an amazing guest. By the way, I am leaning in. I'll talk about it more on my birthday, but expect a lot of, not on my birthday. I'm doing a birthday episode. I'm releasing one. I'm just going to talk about it. I'll talk about it over there. Whatever. The point is, this is a woman who is incredible, powerful. She's the author of Break the Good Girl Myth, host of the Heroin Podcast. She's a women's leadership expert. I mean, we're talking bringing up women, building creative confidence, getting rid of those myths that hold us back. So this is built to empower women. That's what this episode's about. If you're a man, love you. Maybe you can get some insight to how things work as a woman. There was definitely some nuggets dropped on how we have to look at the world and things we have to do. So it's good perspective. You know what? It's uh, I would say this is empowering for women, but like many of my episodes where my guest is nothing like me, there's a lot to be learned from hearing someone who comes from a different uh, background and experience. And not only she's a woman, uh, her parents were immigrants. She's Latinx, Latinx, Latina. I don't know what the right thing to say is. So know that in my heart, I'm trying to say the right thing. And I don't fucking know what the right thing is. And maybe I should have asked that on this podcast, but I didn't. So fuck it. Uh, we talk about how she's a, uh, an expert in design, like the science of design. So she talks about how she uses that, uh, those techniques to help women tap into their creative confidence. That's what was really cool to me is like bringing this real life thing into, you know, making actionable plans, uh, for how to build your own stuff up. Uh, not just as a woman, but in general, it was cool. Cause you know, a lot of people could just, you know, sell you or try to sell you ideas, but I loved that she has like actionable shit and, uh, you know, teaches you how to measure things so anyways enough about me you guys you're gonna love this interview she was a delight so fun to talk to so interesting and so informative please enjoy my guest maho malfino hey idiots welcome back to ignorance is blessed oh my god i have a fantastic guest for you today i'm so excited i am joined by the incredible maho malfino host of the heroin podcast thank you for joining me it's (laughs) thank you i'm so happy to be here um, this is going to be awesome. I have been looking forward to, to getting to 
interview you, talk to you, you are, I mean, you're incredible. What do you not do? You've got your podcast. I want to talk to you a little bit about your book. Mm -hmm. Um, Break the good girl myth, excuse me, break the good girl myth. All right. First of all, I guess what I want to say is what, what is the good girl myth? Can we just dive in? I, I'm like, sure. oh, I don't have 800 questions going in my head. Yeah, I love it. You're going straight to the heart of the matter, which <laughs> is my favorite kind of interview. <laughs> it's not waste time. I don't want to know how you were as a child. Like, like go back to that, but I'm like, I want the meat. Let's go. Like, give me the good okay. Great. So good girl myth is a um, self-sabotaging tendency. And it's very sneaky. It's subconscious that we pick up as little girls, but then that follow, it follows us into adulthood. And so this, you know, in the book, I outline five of them. So one example is the good girl myth of perfection or the good girl myth of sacrifice. So these are like programs that get installed in us as children And we get the opportunity to unlearn as grown women so that we can flourish in our relationships, in our careers, in our creativity and whatever we want. Wow. I love that. What kind of put you on now we'll go to a little of the backstory, (laughs) but what, what was it in your life that sort of made it click for you that this is a myth, something you needed to unlearn? Sure. So you know, I grew up, I'm daughter of immigrants. I was a very high achiever growing up, got straight A's, you know, did all the right things, was top of class, blah, blah, blah. And eventually when I left the school system in my twenties, um, I fell into a quarter life <laughs> existential crisis, like depression thing that happens to a lot of us. Relatable, yes. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what am I here to do? What is my contribution? What is my purpose? And so I spent 10 years in my twenties, basically soul searching, but also trying to understand what I had picked up in my earlier years and how that was sort of stopping me. And one of the things that became really clear was I was suppressing so much creativity and so much creative potential because I wanted to be like my father and be a researcher and, um, wanted to please my parents. That was a big thing for me, repay them for their sacrifice because they were immigrants. And so there was this whole narrative that I was having to break. And so I realized, oh my God, I've internalized so many rules and expectations that I need to shed. And there were a few moments in my twenties that led me to those aha. It wasn't like one epiphany. It was like a few touchstone moments. Nice. Wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people listening can definitely relate to that, uh, mid twenties, who, who the hell am I breakdown yep. uh, that so many of us have gone through. That's, I mean, that's incredible. And then having that additional pressure of, you know, how hard your parents had to work to get you in the position you are. I can only imagine mm-hmm. that, you know, if, as if society around us isn't enough, then going, I don't yeah. want to let that all be for naught. And wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Super common for first-generation kids. So if there are any kids, people who are listening who are first-generation, who parents are maybe immigrants, often they can relate. But even if not, like I like to say, the good girl archetype is so universal because the patriarchy is universal. It's been around for thousands of years. Yeah. So, But we all have our unique journey in becoming a good girl. Mine happened to include my immigration narrative, 
but yours might be different. And someone else's might have to do with like, you know, I've met women who maybe they trained as performers their entire lives. And then, and some women who were going into modeling and acting and that created the good girl archetype in a unique way for each of them. Absolutely. And when you say good girl archetype, I'm sure I'm assuming, does that include like this? I think most women, you know, at least in America, I don't know, can relate to the, you know, just be polite, smile and nod. Mm-hmm. Don't ruffle too many feathers. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's the internalized patriarch that we develop because basically in order for the status quo to continue, it depends on women being silent and small. Yeah. And so we get molded into good girls when we're really young because of all the messages we get through music, film, you name it, uh, even oh, our shampoo yeah. bottles. Like everything. I know. Oh my God. It's just crazy that like, yeah, here's what it means to be like a proper woman and yeah. don't be too loud and don't ask too many questions. And-, and entire industries are built on it, like fashion and beauty industry, right? Like thinness oh, yeah. has been around for like, <laughs> you know, and just, I mean, it's insane how yeah, it's much insane. pressure. Yeah. And it's, and it's so funny. You even pointing that out is like how far we've come, but there's still so much of that, like Mm -hmm. look a certain way or no one will want to be with you. Don't, you know, just be agreeable. Wow. 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 I mean, uh, Oh, the patriarchy. (laughs) That's why I love comedians. Right. Because (laughs) Because I feel like so many female comedians, like when I first watched Ali Wong stand up, I was like, oh my God, you know, we're, she's really speaking truth, you know, and she's not giving a, you know, I think there's something about comedy, particularly that is exciting in that you have to ruffle feathers and you get to use your anger as a way to express yourself. But of course- I'm sure there's so much, there's so much bias in comedy, in the industry of comedy as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's so much that goes with that. I mean, that exact thing, because it is like, you know, to be a good comedian, you have to be willing to be honest to say the things that it's like, okay, like we all know this is happening. Why is nobody talking about it? Uh, And I think, you know, there's of course the stigma, the like bullshit stigma of like women aren't funny, Mm -hmm. but I think where that comes from is not that women aren't funny, obviously, that'd be insane for me to think. Uh, we have the extra barrier of, I have to be, I have to break out of this, mm-hmm. be agreeable mold, you know, like it's, if a guy's just like, wow, isn't this crazy? No one cares. But if a woman's like, Hey, here's an opinion. Nobody says, but everybody has, they're like, wow, she's a mouthy broad. What are you doing? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And people, sure. and often people don't even realize they're having those thoughts. Cause they're so it's subconscious. Some of the judgment is so subtle. Like some of it's like over and you have those trolls who are like haters. But oh, then you have yeah. even other women in the audience who might have like subtle judgments about female comedians. Like we're it's everywhere. The pervasive feelings we feel about a woman who states her mind, who doesn't give a fuck. And who's just like, I'm going to say what I want to say. Um, we all have our biases towards her. Oh yeah. We all need to unlearn. Absolutely. And I'm sure some of that, like, as you know, when you think of like the woman seated watching and being like, I'm not sure I feel about this woman. There is a little bit of like, wow, she's saying all these things that I just like 
keep tucked yeah. in. Yeah. Why is she so comfortable? It's, it's almost to me that feels like the same as when, when I see someone else in a bikini and I don't have body confidence. I'm like, well, why are you so happy with yourself? What, what <laughs> yeah. are you doing? How come I don't feel that way? Fuck you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that the work that we get to do as women is notice those thoughts and notice those judgments and examine them and like, Oh, where is that coming from? Because in the same ways that we judge other women when they're in the spotlight, when they're owning who they are, we judge ourselves. Absolutely. It's almost like we're judging ourselves in their shoes sometimes where it's like, well, mm-hmm. I, I would never do that. And I, I'm so, there's so many thoughts going in my mind. I didn't even say that like, I think a big hurdle for some women in any type of speaking truth position is that like thing that's been ingrained to us that it's like, okay, but like care most about being pretty. Yes. Where it's like, Oh, people aren't going to think you're very pretty if you say that. And it's like, yep. So I think some, you know, people get like caught up and they're like, I don't know. How do I do both? I can't do it. I'm shutting down. Yeah, totally. And not to mention for many centuries, if you spoke up as a woman, it meant abandonment, potentially death. And in some parts of the world, it still does. So absolutely. Backlash is real, you know, it is. And there, I mean, there's that like somewhat, you know, biological response to like, you know, humans were social creatures. So the fear of like being abandoned, the fear of, Mm -hmm. you know, being an outcast, it can really like cause some big issues and put giant hurdles in the way of what you're wanting to say and what you're wanting to do. Exactly. And I think so many women of our generation are the first women in their lineage, in their family lineage to be able to do and say what they want. Yeah. (laughs) Well, even to realize like, I mean, you know, because I'll say this about the like social oppression. They sure did wrap it up really nice for a long time. So that people just thought like, no, this is what I want to do. I think is what, right. I want to just be at home quiet and make dinner. Yeah. (laughs) That's what we do. Yep. That's how the brainwashing works. I mean, Mm -hmm. so very true. Um, I want to talk a little bit about, so you studied design. Mm -hmm. And part of kind of what you utilize in the work you do is design thinking. Mm-hmm. For the people listening who might, can you explain what design thinking, what does that mean? Sure. So design thinking is a really cool process and method for bringing any idea into existence or form. Wow. Yeah. So everything in the world is designed. Like this computer was designed, right? The mouse was designed. The mic was designed. The cup was designed. Somebody had an idea for it. And then they went through, underwent a process into bringing it into reality, into manifesting it. And, and so people at, you know, IDEO, like design firms like IDEO, Frog Design, but also the Stanford Design School, they kind of realized, oh, wow. In order to go from little seed of an idea into actual service or product, you need to like undergo certain steps and processes, but not only do you have to undergo certain steps, you have to have certain mindsets, um, mindsets of experimentation, 
um, one big mantra or mindset is don't be precious because when we are trying out our ideas, we can't be precious or attached to any one idea because you often have to throw them out, especially in the early phase. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So when I learned design thinking, it was revolutionary for me because I had been always by the books, sort of like trying to get my A grade. Yeah. And so it was like, just tell me what to do and I'll follow the rubric and then I'll get my A and then I'll move on to the next thing and I'll memorize for the test, move on to the next thing. And so there was very little room in my education, particularly for experimentation and tinkering. Being okay failing. Yeah. An idea. Wow. Exactly. Like being okay failing. And now we're seeing like people integrate design thinking into certain schools and education, which is really exciting. But when I was growing up, it was like, didn't exist. So by the time I got to learn it in my twenties, I was like, this shit is crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. Like, this you mean is mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. You mean I can just like try a bunch of stuff and fail and be really messy and, and, um, and scrappy and ugly for a period of time. And like, you know, wow. and, and it, it, it kind of made me realize like, wow, for those of us, particularly girls who grew up being told to like perform in a perfect way and not oh, make yeah. mistakes and, you know, that rigidity that we develop something like design thinking could be a really good antidote. So I inter- intersected it with my interest and passion for women's leadership and feminism. So that's how those two came together. Wow. Yeah, no, I mean, just you putting it that way is like, oh, here's a system that has proven it works for like designing materials. Let's mm-hmm. give ourselves permission to get a little messy because that is so hard for so many women that it's like, mm-hmm just keep everything together. Always be perfect. Always be the best. So many of us struggle with perfectionism, which, you know, bleeds into imposter syndrome and absolutely. And we get, what I like to say is we get the creative confidence trained out of us very young, right? Yes. Because it becomes about, um, a getting the a or getting the approval, getting the gold star. It becomes about comparison, you know, like, oh, if I'm not as good as Sally over there, then I'm not going to keep drawing or I'm not going to keep tinkering with this. So true. Yeah. And so there's just a lot that, and then, and then once you hit puberty, it does start to shift into not about what you can make or create. It starts to shift into like, what do you look like? And, um, you know, what's your appearance like? And what are you wearing? What are you wearing? And it becomes very external focused and like, more about how you look than what you make or create. Whereas boys continue on a lot of them, you know, tinkering and playing and joking around and playing sports and just like kind of getting that. Like I just, the other day I was watching soccer with my husband, you know, the Euro cup was on and everything. And I was just watching these soccer players literally like, it was so fascinating to me because I hadn't really stopped to study it. They would get, they would, they would come into contact with another soccer player. They would get publicly embarrassed basically, because someone would just like nutmeg the ball in between their legs, or, yeah. like, literally trip them. And two seconds later, they're up and they're back at the ball. Which is like, like yeah, what, what? Oh my God. That's so funny. Cause like, I, I just never thought of it in terms of soccer, which I, I played soccer growing up, but like, it's like, yeah, boys get, it's okay to fall on you get back up and get back out there. And girls yeah. like, I fell, I guess I'll just go die. <laughs> like, yeah. 
No, especially in front of people, like literally on an international stage, you're, you're literally getting nutmegged (laughs) (laughs) and you look like a dumb fuck. You're like, uh, and then you like, you somehow recover. You, you don't even think about it. It's like, you see them, like, they just like, don't even, they're just like, okay, next onto the next, like they're so in the moment. They're not like holding on to the the public embarrassment <laughs> which is like what a freedom and because just from a young I mean it's like you said from a young age and it it really is like even creative stuff I feel mm-hmm. like if you're not kind of good at it your parents aren't pushing you as a woman they're not they're like yeah no more of your crappy drawings on the fridge they're just like maybe art's not your thing maybe it'll be good <laughs> something else you know that's- at least you're beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Just stay pretty and find someone to marry you before you stop you stop being pretty. Because how will you take care of yourself? I'll just like the 1820s. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. Yeah. When you think about just that difference of years to work out a creative muscle, not even just the creative muscle for little boys, but also grit perseverance yeah getting used to the feeling of shame so that like getting nutmegged on national tv is like oh you think this is bad this is nothing but Mm. women are like oh don't embarrass everyone by just existing and saying the wrong thing so that's really interesting um okay so with that What are some ways that like, you know, someone sort of coming to this realization themselves or like, what are ways to kind of build up that creative confidence that you didn't get to build when you were younger as a woman, you know, like what Mm -hmm. are some things that can be done? Sure. So in my chapter in Break the Good Girl Myth on perfection, so in the myth of perfection, if you check out that chapter, there's a whole section on prototyping and I'm a really big fan of prototyping. Cause I think people who people think prototyping is for like engineers or designers or like industrial designers or something, um, or software designers, but I am a huge fan of democratizing prototyping. I feel like everyone needs to learn the art of prototyping any idea. So if you have an idea, instead of sitting on it for weeks, months, and years and churning it in your mind, Um, and getting anxious and procrastinating it because you're scared of failing or you're scared that you don't have all the, you're not good enough. Like instead of this, all this stuff that's wrapped up into it, start prototyping the idea in small, easy ways. So what's a prototype? It's a small, easy to break, easy to make, uh, model of your idea. So like, let's say, I'm going to make this concrete. So let's say you want to start a podcast and you've been building it up in your mind. You're like, I want to start a podcast like, like Jessica and her podcast. And so you're like building it up in your mind and then you're delaying it and delaying it. You're like, I need a studio. I need the equipment and I need really good guests. I need to book a few guests and get a few interviews in the, in the, in the bag before I can, I can do it. And so now it's in your mind. You're just like blown it up and you've raised the bar. Right. And so then that's why you're not doing anything, right? Because it's just like impossible to even reach. So a prototype would be, uh, so in prototype, we constrain on time or quantity. So prototype is I'm going to give you one hour to interview a friend using your voice memos on your phone. 
Yeah. You're not even like you don't you, a prototype. I mean, you do in a small amount of time, you, you could throw it out, you could test it easily, right? It's something easy to make. And then you're, you're not precious about it because you can yeah. get it out easily. Right. Yeah. It's just like limited extension of any resources, like what's mm. yeah. accessible, what's easy. And that's also a great way for anyone listening. I mean, podcast was the example, but I have so many friends being a comedian. I know some people are like, I need to start my podcast. And that's the thing I always say is like, well, why don't you try like just doing a couple episodes with friends and see, yeah, that's so interesting because we build it up to be this big thing. Yeah. Reducing the barrier. And also what's nice about prototyping is it's an experiment. So if you do it correctly, there's like ways to do it. You, you test a question when you prototype. Yeah. So you're saying to yourself, what kind of, let's say one question I want to test is what kind of question, like what kind of interview questions do I want to ask? So that's like a question you have. You're like, I'm going to explore that question. And the way I'm going to explore that question is by doing this little prototype with my friend on a voice memo. Yeah. I'm going to learn a ton of information. So it's like, you're approaching it kind of like a scientist or a, yeah, like a designer, you know, like a maker, you're experimental. And so this is the kind of thing that builds creative confidence that that way it's like, if you do something that you're like, I don't really like, I didn't like that. I did this. It's all part of the experiment. It's not a failure. It's just like, okay, here's what worked. Here's what didn't. Mm -hmm. But it's not like, I guess I will never podcast ever. (laughs) You found some things you liked and some things you didn't. I think that's great. Yeah. Instead of catastrophizing in the mind. And then you iterate. That's the other, that's the other part in the design thinking process. You prototype, but then when you find out what's not working, you throw that out. What's working, you iterate, you do another cycle. And these cycles build creative confidence, like a muscle, right? Yes. Your muscle you're building. And you start to like, wow, I can do this. You gain momentum and you build your way forward. So what's nice about prototyping is building your way forward. Most people are afraid of the unknown. They're afraid of the mystery of the creative process. They don't like being in the I don't know space. And prototyping lets you run experiments and build your way forward. And that's why it's been so huge in the work that I do with women one-on-one or in coaching and group settings is uh, let's get you start to get your hands dirty. Let's get you making, let's get you tinkering. Let's run an experiment. What did you learn? And when we stop getting wrapped up in it, you know, um, emotionally tied in it, right? Yeah. somehow this person didn't like this. Therefore it means I'm a terrible artist. Yeah. Like attaching yourself to your work is like, no, you are not the product you made. You have to Mm -hmm. separate. Also just learning to be okay with, I mean, I don't, that like, especially with creative stuff, some people, it's not going to be for some people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not, it's not going to resonate with everyone. There's like somewhat, you know, also kind of letting that go. Like there's this people pleaser side. That's like, I want my thing. Like everyone to like my thing. It's like, freaking let that go. Not everyone's going to like your thing. Only a slice of the world will. And that's okay. Like not everyone needs to read my book, break the good girl myth. (laughs) Only some people, only some women that it resonates with that messaging. They grew up as like, they see that tendency in themselves. That's going to, it's going to, they're going to gravitate towards it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, so I think also just letting go of this desire for you to please everyone is so big. Yeah. Cause that's first of all, impossible. Yeah. Secondly, 
so exhausting. I can say that from personal experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Went through that myself. I'm like, no, everyone will love me. It's like, not everyone's my audience. Oh, all right. It's interesting though, talking to you about how you put the, you know, use sort of design thinking, not even sort of, you use design thinking to help women through their creative process. It's interesting because I'm seeing that comparison of, you know, designing a product versus designing, you know, your own personal product, whether it's, you know, book, Mm -hmm. podcast, whatever your creative outlet is. And I think of, in terms of getting okay with not everyone liking you or needing what you're putting out there, I think of it as like a product. It's like, okay, well, everybody doesn't need a Venus five blade shaver either, but like some of us will use it and that's who you're gearing it towards. So it's like, yeah, no, it's fine that there's, Mm -hmm. you can be successful with not everyone needing your product. Yeah. Not everyone loving your poem, not everyone liking your, your book or your show or what you have to say, or your blog post. Like, no, it's not going to resonate with everyone. I mean, it is fine. It's totally fine. How do you, you know, as a woman who's putting yourself out there, making your own projects. And I don't know if, you know, comedy, being in public with comedy, it's like, it's like throwing yourself into a crowd of trolls basically. Yeah. So I don't know how aggressively you get it, but are there steps you take to make sure you don't like focus on negative feedback and, and focus on the positive and the good things that you're getting out of what you're doing? Yeah. So, um, you're right. I think in comedy, particularly women in comedy get a lot more this is like, I don't women know. in like culture criticism or things that are more like they get like, they get more film, you know, just, yeah. Just like I feel like are crazy. I feel like yeah. no one's going to my friends who are like, you know, Reiki healers. Pages. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like, and it's I like, think that's a fair, a fair <laughs> thing. Like I think, well, it depends like how big you get to of like course. The your audience. Wants, of course the more trolls you're going to get. But I think, um, people, women in the personal growth, personal development field, at least in the feminism, women's leadership, I think I haven't gotten that many trolls, you know, um, which is great. And, but I have gotten, uh, interesting reviews from other women on my book. I was like, but do you get like, sort of upsetting like constructive quote criticisms? Yeah, no, no, it's not even constructive. It's like, her, she read her audiobook like a robot, you know, like just like that, like, or like, like she's like, you know, deadpan or whatever. And I was like, okay, well, okay, you know, but what, <laughs> but one thing that I remember, one thing I always teach, you know, and, and support other women in is careful. The mind loves to stick to the negative. And not only does it remember the negative, it sticks to it and then it repeats it like, obsessively. And so you almost have to be super vigilant with yourself and, you know, cause I'll read like 50 positive reviews. And then it's just like the one woman who made the robot comment that I'm just like sticking on, you know, and even mentioning to you now, it's like, it's like having to constantly remind myself that like my mind's kind of playing tricks on me. Yeah. Cause it's like, okay, but there's all these other very positive reviews. Why are you obsessing over the one? Mm-hmm but our brains yeah. love to do it. Our brains love to do it. They love, and it's an evolutionary thing. Like when you're scanning your environment, you have to see like the one little, like, you know, Negative thing that's going to threaten you or yeah. eat you. And so in the same way, it's like, you're constantly vigilating, looking for like the negative in the sea of positive. And, 
you just have to be aware that that's an actual tendency of the mind and like kind of, so that's helped me a lot in, in digesting criticism and shrugging it off and kind of being like, well, and then also just knowing like, you know, I think Brene Brown says it really beautifully. Like those people aren't in the arena, you know, like there are some people who are actually in the arena, having the difficult conversations, putting themselves out there, taking risks, being hella vulnerable. And then there are people who are on the sidelines watching and criticizing because they're not doing anything on Instagram being like loser, even though they're like glued (laughs) to their couch and haven't done anything. They haven't, they haven't put themselves up there. They haven't made anything. They haven't contributed in a positive way to society. They're just, you know, and so, you know, at, I mean, yeah. I I mean, it's way easier to criticize other people when you don't have anything for them to even look at and criticize. You feel safe that like there's, you haven't put anything out there. So, but it, it just sucks. Nothing is more upsetting to me than like, like professional quote, professional critics, like people who just exist to be like, well, I've done nothing in this field or made no works, but let me tell you why this one's not great. And it's like, who the hell are you? Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to take a really quick break. I want to stick on this, but we'll be right back. And I have a couple more questions. I know you've got a heart out. You're very busy. And I want to ask a little bit just about your personal journey. So everyone listening, sit tight. We will be right back. All right. And I will just roll us in. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Okay, everybody, I'm back with Maho Malfino and we were talking about criticism and you mentioned sometimes you, you know, you've gotten feedback or reviews from other women and 
I wanted to talk about how I think, I mean, I think, I can't pinpoint the specific things that, that drive us to do this, but there's definitely this cultural thing that sort of, you know, I think teaches women to feel like other women are competition. Mm-hmm. Like that Definitely. everyone's a threat. And I, maybe it's a little bit that because the playing field hasn't leveled, we all, there's this, like, there can only be one, like the woman in this field or mm-hmm. whatever. Do you have any tips or do you do anything like as far as the good girl myth work that you do to like, help counter that instinct to sometimes see another woman maybe in your field doing something similar as competition rather than someone else who's you know bringing light on a topic or could be a potential collaboration like how do we learn to root for women instead of feeling like other women's success equals our failure Mm -hmm. yeah this is really really great question I feel like we have to sort of understand where this is coming from when society, particularly patriarchy makes an extreme ideal, right. Paints an ideal, like the ideal woman. Oh yeah. (laughs) She's like, whatever she's, whatever you want to paint in that, like she's thin and she's the best mom and she's the best sister and she's dutiful and blah, blah, blah. And, and so when, when there's such a strong ideal, right. And you grow up as a little girl in that world. And you know, that ideal exists because you open up magazines and you see it. You're constantly saying to yourself, like, do, how do I measure up to that ideal? But then you're looking at other girls and you're saying, how do they measure up to that ideal? And do they measure up the way that I do? So there's a constant sizing up that is happening, constant comparison. Um, and I think it's because the ideal has just been like hammered into us. in in such a strong way that we feel we have to constantly like, "Mm, mm, mm, mm." um, and, and so, uh, you know, cause men too, like, like, let's be real men compete as well, especially like think about athletics and think about like economic competition, right? Are you making more money? Are you as strong as me? Like going to the gym and like competing and looking at each other and seeing, but the difference being, I've heard that for men, um, as often, um, competition that is like considered healthy and that they don't feel bad about themselves. They just kind of look at ways that they can improve and they look at the other as a way to inspire them for improvement. Yeah. Like they can just go like, man, I can't wait to be as good as that guy. Yeah. Where and it's just like, it's like not, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> yeah. It's not like wrapped in this like self-hatred and like sense of failure, you know? Yeah. They're like, I'm no one because I'm not doing the exact thing that this other woman mm-hmm. is doing. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, I think that that's the key part for us as women is to, to be able to have more of that healthy sizing up and, and compare. Cause I think going back to remember how I said the mind clings to the negative and that's a natural tendency of the Absolutely. mind, natural tendency of the mind is to compare. Yeah. So you can't like, you can't like, it's unrealistic to try to train yourself to stop comparing. Like it's truly unrealistic. I think, I think that, you know, I think a more healthy way of looking at it is like, it's okay to compare, notice when you're doing it and then do your best to translate it into a healthy comparison competition. What can I learn from this? Yeah. What can I learn? What is this? Good. 
yeah, what is this showing me about me and what I need and want and truly desire? Um, so to have that self-monitoring, you know, uh, I think is big, but I think it's unrealistic to expect yourself to turn off the big comparison button. And I think the other thing that I've done, which has been really helpful to me, and some people think it's like very drastic is I literally unfollowed everybody on Instagram. So I have zero, I follow zero people. And, um, this has helped me a lot because of the constant ambiance that was social media that was leading to the comparison. Comparison, yeah. So instead of putting this expectation on myself to stop comparing, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to leave the room. Yeah. Um, and I think that people are different with this and like you find what's right for you, but I, in studying behavior design, right. One of the big principles in behavior design is don't rely on willpower because that's unrealistic. Because we have none. <laughs> yeah, because we basically have none. Or it drains out of us pretty quick. Like we start high and then throughout the day, it just goes down. Yeah. So don't rely on your willpower and discipline. Like design your environment for whatever behaviors you want. So if you want to, if your behavior is to quote unquote compare less, then design your environment to compare less. And one of those things is maybe, you know, exiting. Instagram or doing the zero followers thing, whatever works for you. Mute button is also, I'm a big fan of the mute button. Well, here's my thing. Yeah. That's great too. And I will just, I mean, I'll just take the bullet on this is just purely probably insecure and worrying too much about what other people think. My, I am impressed that you did that because my hesitation, Mm -hmm. because I have thoughts of like, I just don't want to see, it has nothing to do with how I feel about the person. It's my own. I'll start comparing but with the unfollow and maybe this is because I know comedians are all like, there's everyone has a little bit of an ego. There's a, it's a, like a cesspool of mental illness, but like, oh, if I unfollow them, they'll take it very personally. Mm-hmm. And they're like, who yeah. the fuck does she think she is? Oh, you think you're not, like, oh, you think you're too good for like what mm-hmm. I'm putting in my feed. How did you, are you just like, like at the point that you're like, it's what, what people think of me is not my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I, the, my biggest hesitation was around my friends, but the, you know, like people who are my friends and family, I unfollowed all of them, but my, my justification to them, what I explained to them, not all of them, but when they asked was the way that I want to know about your life and the way I want updates about your life is not through social media. Cause what was happening yeah. What was happening was with my family and close friends, the way that I knew about them was by checking Instagram. And I'm like, that doesn't feel good. Like, I don't want to learn about, like, I want to learn about you. Like I want to see you in person now that COVID's starting to lift. I want to yeah. be, I want to like text or get on a FaceTime call. Like I don't want to rely. Yeah. Yeah. I rely on these. And it's like, also like, how do you want to use this tool? Like for me, it was like, I want to use this tool to push out information and to support my business and find aligned clients. And when I was clear on that, I was like, I do not want to use this tool to like, see what other people are doing or to interact with my friends and family. Like I want to use other devices. Yeah. Interacting. This is like, I will get my information, not on Instagram. I will go to other places. Mm -hmm. That's, I love that. I love that you made that plan for yourself and, and executed it and, and kind of had that realization of, oh, here's one way. Cause man, social media is mm-hmm. there, there, 
so much good has come from social media. Like I've met so many cool people. I've gotten connected with amazing podcast guests and um, opportunities, but there's so much of that negative, especially the comparison Mm-hmm. When you go to something like Instagram where it's just like, here's the highlight reel of my life. Yeah. Not to mention like the screen sucking, like, yeah. you know, even with me having zero followers, I still, because the explore tab still exists yep. and they still feed you people. Yeah. They'll still like, feed so you, want to you ads person? and people. Wow. I was post. curious. Like, so there's yeah. still feed. It's just like, yeah, it's like, if, and they give me the option to follow this person. So they're adding crazy? people to you. Yeah. Wow. That's so it's also just like, fuck you. (laughs) Like, like, I don't want to like, like you guys are just like out of control. Like you're literally out of control. I clearly don't want to have, you know what I did for a while and I would like to redo it. I'm just not on Facebook as much anymore, but I was, uh, at the time I I got help from a guy I was dating because I didn't know anything about Chrome extensions or whatever, but he helped me add an extension on my Google Chrome, where when I pulled up my Facebook newsfeed, there was no newsfeed. It was just an inspirational quote. Yes. Yes. I have that too. Okay. Yes. <laughs> hey, that's called the newsfeed eradicator. Thank you. Because okay. I had an update and I could not figure out how to find it again. Well, because it may have killed it by the way, because I could not figure out. So I've had that installed for like five years now. I could not figure out how to do that on Instagram. And I did a ton of research I looked for it and that Instagram instantly kills any product, third-party product or app that tries to kill your newsfeed, uh, your home feed. It, you can't, there's no way, That's there's no way to do it. That's why I, did, I ended up doing zero followers. Cause I was like, you guys literally give me no choice. Like I cannot use your tool without having to subject myself to like every single person's life. So I was like, okay, then I wonder if you just followed, this is just me spitballing crazy ideas. Yeah. Go for one it. Account if they'd stop advertising people to you, like if someone just made an Instagram account and it was just like a picture, like color blocks and you just follow it and it's just colors. I don't know. Yeah. Or nice quotes. <laughs> just the account to follow. If you don't want to follow anyone, but you want to be left alone. <laughs> yeah. Like quote. not a bad idea. I could test and see. <laughs> well, when I do Instagram lives, I have to temporarily follow the people I do the live with. Otherwise you can't do the live. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. And then they're like, she immediately unfollowed me after that. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> it ain't personal. But I also think that if they see that I have zero followers, I think they'll notice it ain't personal because I yeah. just don't follow anyone. They're like, okay. The problem is if you follow 10 or 20 people, then it starts to get personal. Yeah. It's like and, all and or nothing. When you follow a thousand people and one person's like, why not me? You follow so many other people and also several accounts with just sad quotes about depression. Like you can't look at pictures of my dog and you're like, I just, I hate your dog. Uh, <laughs> that's, I like that. I'm a big fan. I got really into the mute button on Twitter. Cause at the end of the day, it's like, I'm using social media for, you know, information to like, you know, to put myself out there to get information for my career. And I mean, there was a time and there still is sometimes where there was some joy from it when Twitter was nothing but people making jokes, loved it. (laughs) As soon as like everyone is like, my opinion is very important and I need to do an 800 tweet thread about it. I was like, I don't even disagree with some people that I'm like, I don't ever want to hear from you again on this website. Yeah, totally. Um, 
But what we're really talking about here, but the, the thing that you're talking about, like, oh, well, will people take it personally? Will they get offended? What do other people think? That is the good girl myth of harmony. So that's the one of the five good girl myths. And that's like, that's exactly it. It's like, I don't want to do the thing that is, feels true for me because I'm afraid of someone else's response and their, the social repercussions of that action, you know? Yeah. Really quick, because I know we're coming toward, uh, we've got to wrap up. Would you mind telling me just a brief of what all five of them are? Sure. So there's the good girl myth of rules, perfection, logic, harmony, and sacrifice. So they all are what they sound like, like (laughs) rules is like you're following external authority instead of your own needs and your own desires. Perfection is impossible, high standards. You, you know, aren't embracing mistakes. Um, Logic is when you're, you're choosing a logic choice over uh, listening to your intuition when you're making decisions in your life. Oh, that's a big one for me of Mm -hmm. like. Oh, I, I like, you'll like intuitively know something, but you're like, well, that sounds really kooky on paper. And so I'm just going to not like lean into that. Exactly. Yeah. And that's big because we, we don't, we've been divorced from our bodies, you know, and are the kind of reading the signals of our bodies. Yeah. Uh, is, I mean, it sucks in so many ways, but I also think I personally am of the belief that women have a stronger ability to really connect with like a deeper intuition. Not, not all the time, not across the board, but like by and large, like we have this like internal emotional mm-hmm. sort of alert system that we can really tune into and be intelligent, but we get cut off from it. And that's just such a bummer. Mm-hmm. We do. Yeah. And it's cause it's not like, it doesn't feel safe to be in our bodies. And also the education system is like, the Western education system is there's, I have a lot of feelings about it. One oh, is that, yeah. you know, it's not kinesthetic or embodiment based. It's, no, it's very, it's like very cookie cutter. There's one method and it's like, yeah. oh, if you don't fit like this idea of what a good student is, mm-hmm. which is very narrow-minded, they're like, then you're failing somehow. Like that yeah. it's, it's not the system. It's you. That's what you think that you're like, oh, I'm stupid or broken or there's something wrong with me. And it's like, no, there's so many different ways to learn. And we just go sit at your desk and do your homework. And totally. It's not holistic. It's very like, you know, focused on verbal and math and cerebral, and it's not taking into account the whole body and other forms of intelligence. So, so, you know, and when, by the time you're spat out of that system, you're like, "Mm, I have a body. What? (laughs) And then you're crying in a yoga class. You're like, Oh my God, I never knew I had hips. (laughs) Exactly. Um, um, oh yeah. And then the last two are myth of harmony, which is, um, avoiding conflict mm-hmm. as a way, you know, the co- avoiding the conflict that's required for growth yeah. and sacrifice is putting other people's needs before your own at the expense of your well being. So those are the five. I mean, I'm going to need to get your book. Uh, <laughs> a lot of us are for anyone listening, who's like really resonating with what you're saying, which I'm Sure. So many people, I mean, you've got your book, you've got your podcast, but you also touched on working with clients. Mm -hmm. So what exactly, if someone comes to you, like, just so that like the right people listening know if they should come to you or not, like what, what should someone come to you for? Like, what do you do with people? Great. So I think you should check out my book at goodgirlmyth.com because it's a great intro to 
me, my story, my work. And then if you go on my website, which is just my name, uh, it's like a choose your own adventure. But one of the things that I have is I have a cool free quiz. I have free meditations. I have a lot of free, I have a free training. So there's like a lot of free resources on my website that also can give you a little taster of, you know, who I am and what I do and, and how to, how to get in, how to get involved and work with me. Um, I am taking a creative sabbatical this year, but I will be back next year. And, um, thank you for taking that time for yourself. Yeah, it feels good. And, and so next year I'll, I'll be working with clients in a group capacity again. Oh, I love that. Yeah. My signature program is called Ignite. And that's where we do a lot of the creative confidence building prototyping, basically bring your idea into existence. Um, it's great for someone who actually doesn't feel clear on what they want to do, because oftentimes we think we need clarity before we can start taking action. And with prototyping the whole idea is like, no, you get the clarity through the prototyping yeah, start so, trying things and then you'll see what fits, see what fits and it'll be revealed to you. Uh, so, so yeah, that's my, that's the main way I work with folks. I love that. And before we wrap up, um, I'm just circling back a little, cause you touched on mindfulness. There's med- there's meditations on your website. Um, when we spoke about, you know, when you like as women, anyone, but like, obviously we're women, we're speaking about women, you have that instinct to sort of criticize another one. Cause that was a big thing for me. I had to realize that like with female comedians, I was like, oh, I'm criticizing her based on the standard I have for myself based on like, I would do this thing where I'm like, everyone thinks that women are funny. So if, if you're up there, you're not killing, like you're making this slip. And then I was like, oh, that's like my own. That's mm-hmm. like that. mm-hmm. Do you feel like meditation and mindfulness, like building a practice around that helps strengthen the ability to catch yourself when you're mm-hmm. criticizing someone and go, Oh, like I'm having, mm-hmm. what is this versus just, yeah, absolutely. Cause like literally that's what mindfulness is. Mindfulness is watching thoughts, observing the mind sitting and just watching your mind is basically insane. Like I took a, <laughs> a 10, no, literally like we're all crazy. Like I took a 10 day silent meditation. Mindfulness retreat. It wasn't Vipassana. Oh, it was another, <laughs> It was like an insight. Okay. So, you know, yeah. and then you realize like your mind is wild. It's like a wild horse. It's like, not only does it like, like to project into the future and make up all these fantasies, but it'll like replay, re- replay scenarios from the past. Yeah, so let me just grab this from when you were five and yeah. watch that oh. for a while. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like no. lunatic. Yeah. You know, not only that, like during meditation, I also had this thing that I, I didn't realize my mind is a lot. It was like kind of a subtle thing. I would do over things like, like, let's say like after this interview, I would like do over the interview in my mind, like, oh, I should have said this. And I would have said that. And then I would have, and I like replay the whole interview, like pretending like I said something different than what Oh my God. We've all been there in some capacity where you're like reliving a fight in your shower and the fight yeah. four years ago. And you're like, and another thing is what <laughs> yeah. I would have said. I, that would have been clever. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like that. I called it the do over. Cause I was like, oh, I have like the do over. I can just keep doing the do over, you know? And and so I realized like, wow, I had definitely had these little categories. Your mind's insane. And so, so given that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you have to kind of like, there's this other part of you that's like the witness, right. That's yeah. watching your mind be like a wild horse. That's, and so that, that's the person you, that's, you want to sit in that seat as much as possible. And so I think curve the thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And I think meditation like strengthens that ability so that you can self monitor 
because we all need to self monitor. Cause your mind's going to go and you're going to have things come up. Like you're going to think some like, you know, and also don't beat yourself up. Like if you have some terrible thought about somebody else, like, oh, that, you know, oh, like, I don't know. Like, let's say you just notice something arise. Like, oh, well, she's too skinny. Let's say you, you notice that when, instead of being like, you know, beat yourself up and be like, I'm an asshole, which is called the second arrow in yeah. Buddhism. We don't want the second arrow. We just want to be like, oh, that's interesting. Like, look at that thought, create some distance, disidentify with it. Yeah. And that's going to allow you to, um, allow it to just emerge and dissipate. Yeah. That's so funny. I did a one woman show based on my Vipassana meditation that I did at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival in Scotland. But there was one little like gag in there because it was supposed to be this immersive, like we're in a meditation. So I had thoughts going on a screen. And there was one time where I said, like, basically said something like really some horrible joke. And then I was like, oh my God. And I was like, well, that wasn't me. That was just a thought. That's not me. Totally. I didn't do that. It's just my thoughts. (laughs) Like, So no, but it really is. And anyone listening who like has not meditated, you're not there yet. I can just say that like, Cause I used to like my friends who meditated before I kind of got a handle on my own mindfulness. I'd be like, that's not a thing. You don't like, I didn't understand observing a thought till it's, it is truly a muscle. You have to just work out and like practice and mm-hmm. you eventually get to the point where you can recognize you're having a feeling instead of being drowned by it. Yeah. And I think also all, we also, as women, Oh, so Eric asked a question. Can I? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Eric and so anyone listening, by the way, patrons, patron.com slash JMS comedy if you want to be live in the. I like his second question. We yeah. men have mastered pitting women against each other in order to keep ourselves on top. Love. Thanks for owning that, Eric. How does women, uh, how does Maho teach women to counter that? So we're kind of already talking about that of like having mindfulness, but I also think it's up to women to have like really true non-competitive relationships with other women. Yeah. Like who are those sisters and women you trust that you truly want to support and that you um, feel like their success is going to bolster you and your success. And that there's this like um, true feeling of um, wanting to see each other flourish, like true community. And I think sometimes you have a come to Jesus moment as a woman in your thirties or whatever, forties. And you're like, shit, I don't have any of those female friendships. Yeah. And, and then you have to kind of like, okay, well, how do I start to cultivate them? Do I need to, do I need to repair friendships? Do I need to change or drop some certain friendships? And do I need to start new ones with aligned, you know, women? And so I think, I think that the way that we counter that is through um, having examples of positive female relationships and friendships. Absolutely. Getting rid of the sort of middle school snarky stuff. Yeah. And also it's okay to like, if someone isn't there and they can't get past, like it's me versus every other woman or mm-hmm. fuck her and why her, not me. Why, what it's like, it's okay to like distance yourself and like yeah. be like, all right, time to move on from this whatever this friendship is. Do you have Absolutely. any really quick, cause I know you've got to go. Mm-hmm. This is, I was, I don't know why I'm asking this what I'm saying really quick. <laughs> Meeting new women. Do you have any, like, how do you meet new women? Mm-hmm. How could mm-hmm. someone like go out and build these friendships? It's a good question. Um, I really love like interest-based friendships. I know that's how yes. it is. No, like, makes sense. Yeah. So like if you join an improv group, 
and then the women in that improv group, or if you draw, join a critique writings group, you know, I think that's great. Um, whatever, where, where also you feel you might share values too, like a mindfulness class. Yeah. Like class, I was going to say like classes, trying new things that you like. Yeah. I love that. I think that those are, cause then it tells you like, if someone is opting into a mindfulness class, they share some values, like they yeah, share the value of like improving themselves. Of yeah, being mindful. That doesn't want to get better. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so you're like, oh, this is like a good signal. This person is probably like at a stage that, that I'm, I can meet at and then I yeah, can. But they're yeah. trying to like, just be better and more supportive to everything in the universe. Yeah. Um, amazing. Okay. So I'll have all of the, I'll have your website. I'll have your book website linked in the notes. Is there anywhere else where people should, um, follow you? Should they come find you on Instagram and not get mad if you don't follow them back? <laughs> yeah, I will not follow you on Instagram, but you can follow me, um, at Maho Molfino uh, on Instagram. Yeah. And goodgirlmyth.com for the book. Awesome. Everyone go get the book, go check out our website. Uh, and Maho, thank you so much for taking some time to be with me. This was incredible. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Jessica. Of course. Bye everybody. Bye. There you go. The amazing Maho Malfino. Check out the show notes on whatever app you're listening to this on to get all of her links. Go check her out. Go work with her. Get her book. Listen to her podcast. She's incredible. I am so very grateful that she joined me. What a conversation. I really enjoyed that. If you like the podcast and you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, review it on iTunes, share it with your friends because everybody's a little bit ignorant sometimes. Big thank you to Eric, Gene, Greg, Kathy, Terry, exclusive members of the League of Extraordinary Idiots on Patreon. They've all got access to my entire new hour. You could have it too. You could get other things like postcards, which I need to send. I know you're, I'm a little behind on those, but they're coming. The point is things all, of everything eventually comes, but also... You get full-length episodes. You get them early. You get access to uh, the the interview room to ask questions. It's a ton of fun, and I'd love to have you. And, uh, and on top of loving to have you, it helps me survive. And the more money I can make on my Patreon, the more I can focus on this podcast. And look, if between ads, which, by the way, you can hear the whole episode without any ads on Patreon. Between ads and Patreon, I could survive off this podcast. You bet your fucking ass that this becomes my number one priority, uh, which would be great because then I can get even more guests, bigger guests, cooler guests, a more uh, wide, diverse range of guests. Not that we don't love all the guests we've had, but hey, the sky's the limit. There's so many people out there. So many questions to ask. Would love to have them all. Anyway, Thank you for listening. If you have additional questions for guests, you want to suggest a guest, best way to do that, join the Facebook group. It's ignorance is hashtag blessed idiots. And make sure with the security questions, you mention that uh, you're a fan of the podcast because for some reason people find the group and they just want to join. I don't know. Who are these people just joining Facebook groups for no reason? Like to just like, I guess maybe they just really want a community. I don't know. It's very strange. And I should let them in because maybe that would help them discover the podcast. But I don't want to fucking deal with you guys getting spammed. I don't want to get spammed. I want to be able to see all the posts I need to see and talk to people who actually like the podcast instead of spending time deleting, you know, who fucking knows? Someone trying to sell us shit. Anyway, follow me everywhere at JMS Comedy, jmscomedy.com to find my shows, to do whatever, see all my things. And uh, yeah. 
keep uh, keep asking questions. The more we ask, the more we learn, the more we know, and the more we know, the more we can look down on others who aren't as smart as we are. And isn't that the point? Thank you for listening. And thank you for being patient with my ignorance. See you soon, idiots. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.